today would we respond to your presence. God, today would we as a church grapple with the mind-blowing truth that you came and hung out with humans because you love us so much. And God, today would you birth something in our church that gives us a desperation to tell those who don't know the good news to those who are so far from you that God it we just we couldn't do anything but share it and Holy Spirit will you just fire us up as we lean into your word for a time would you shape us and mould us God would you draw close to those who need you this morning in Jesus name we pray Amen I want to just read a few of those lines again. I love that from Charles Spurgeon. Christmas Eve, ages ago, he wrote really this longing and this, I love it. It's so eloquent. It's words that I could never attain really with my, with my tongue. But it's just, it just sums it up, that sense of that depth and that breadth and that beauty of our, of our Savior. And he says this, it is the labor of strength. How could he preach And please take he for she as well. How could he or she preach the gospel? How could he bend his knee in prayer? How could the missionary go into a foreign land? How could the martyr stand at the stake? And how could the confessor acknowledge his master? If that one word were taken away, God with us, Emmanuel. It is the sufferer's comfort. It is the bark of... of, uh, of someone's war is the sleep God gives to his beloved is the rest after exertion and toil it is eternity's sonnet heaven's hallelujah and the shout of the glorified and the song of the redeemed and the church cheered God with us I love that I love that I've watched that video 45 million times each time it gets me boom sledgehammer it's amazing Christmas Eve, 1854, Charles Spurgeon penned those words. And, uh, and, and really, they're so timely for us. And, uh, and, and he was quoting Isaiah 7, 14 and 15, which says these words, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel. Welcome the good news to the world. May God teach us the meaning of that name. Christmas is such a beautiful time, isn't it, of just pausing and reflecting of a busy year. Some of us right now, I know, are crawling to the finish line of deadlines. It's this week. Last week, interestingly, felt like Christmas week, didn't it? Was it just me? Felt like we were there already. I was thinking, is it Christmas yet? But here we are, the last hurdle. Some of us are exhausted, some of us are tired, some of us are looking forward to Christmas dinner. We've got a Christmas Eve service happening next week here. Uh, It's the theme of the line, the witch in the wardrobe. The theme is Jesus. I keep saying it wrong. The theme is Jesus, but we're dressing it up as line, witch in the wardrobe. So come and get involved. But we're just kind of pushing and we're urging towards. It's always the next step, but for a moment, let us pause. It's so evident. In our church over the last six weeks, six months, six years, that God has been birthing something in us. This real sense of just calling and desperation. And I think over the last three months have been a quickening through these prayer nights that, uh, that Matty mentioned earlier. A quickening of just God's presence and his spirit. 
We've been asking and, and dreaming and, and saying, God, would you move in these situations? And for some of them, we're still waiting. But for some of those situations, it's been incredible to watch how God's come through. Emmanuel, God with us. And really, Charles Spurgeon is alluding to the story in Luke 2, uh, verse 1 to 11, where it's, the, it's the, really the story about Mary and how she discovers she's pregnant and really what it means for all of us. You've read it a million times, but let's read it again. It's Christmas. You can do anything you like at Christmas. It's true, isn't it? You eat chocolate at 8 in the morning. You have mulled wine at any time you want. Is that just me? There's been an internal debate. We had a planning meeting for, uh, I wasn't going to even share this. We're going to have a planning meeting for the uh, Christmas Eve service. And I said, well, guys, I think we've got to do mulled wine. 11 o'clock in the morning, it's totally fine. Anyway, there was a lot of people there, and everyone was like, no, it's a silly idea. Just no. So I went home and said to Joe, Joe, man, these guys are so boring. Everyone said no. Joe said, at 11 in the morning, are you nuts? So I thought, okay, maybe not. But um, for me, anything works at Christmas. Come on, that's right, come on. <laughs> um, Luke 2, let's read this together. We're on the screen behind me. But um, there's so much profound uh, golden here for us this morning. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Those guys were kicking butt. He wanted to up his figures. Uh, and he said, every, and, and everyone went uh, to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, uh, to Judea, uh, Judea uh, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. We know him to be Jesus. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And check this out. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. And they were terrified. You see it. You see breakthrough. Sometimes in our prayer meetings, there'll be a real sense of the Lord's presence. We'll just hang about. He'll just be there. And you'll look up and you'll see some people doing this. Like really, like it happens. And, and I'd imagine, you know, it was much more intense in this story as to what happened. But our first response often can be, what, what's going on? That's pretty scary. And uh, so they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all my people. I said great joy. Great joy. How are we feeling about that? Great joy. Measure great joy. But uh, it gets us excited. It's not just a Christmas feeling, is it? It's not the, the hopeful kiss under a mistletoe. It's not the presence under a tree. But there's that sense of a hopeful joy. Yes. Something must have arose in those shepherds who were freezing their butts off out in the field. And they thought, this is wonderful. This is wondrous. Wow. The good news of Jesus Christ. And it will cause great joy for all my people. For today, the Savior has been born. We can rush over this moment of the Savior being born. What does it mean? What does it mean for humanity for the Savior to be born? There's a bunch of people in this room in our church who we call ourselves Christians. We, uh, we profess to uh, know Jesus personally. We believe that Jesus was a babe in a manger. Ultimately, that babe in a manger what, didn't just stay as a babe in a manger, but like all of us, he grew up into a man or a woman. And he grew up and, uh, and he suddenly started to say profound things about his life. He said things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. 
Not many of my friends take themselves that seriously that they say such profound things about themselves. Do yours? But Jesus began to say this stuff about himself. Uh, you know, I've come to bring peace. I've come to, to squash sin. I've come to direct you to the Father. I've come so that all people might have life and joy and have it to the full. He, he began to say these things and, and ultimately humanity's kicked this ball around. This Jesus-shaped ball that said, he's a good man. He's a good teacher. He's a good person. But ultimately, we believe and we've wrestled with that he's the Messiah. That humanity, we looked at ourselves and we thought, we can fix ourselves. We can do a better job. We can wear nicer clothes. We can have a nicer car on the drive. We can get a bigger house. We can say nicer words. We can get better degrees. But ultimately, we're all still rotten to the core. Is where we kind of wrestled with and where we got to. So we began to look outside ourselves and we read about Jesus and Jesus really gave himself as a sacrifice. Church, we know the story. Give me a cheer if you believe in it. Uh, but he gave himself as a sacrifice. Thank you, Mike Taylor. And, uh, and we thought, what a guy who would sacrifice himself for people who spat on him and cursed him and cast him aside. What a guy. And he said, I have come so that you can meet the Father, that you can live in eternity. So a few of us, we said, Jesus, if you're real, we want to know you. And then suddenly, like the shepherds, like the angel announced, the lights were turned on. I know that from my own story. I know for so many of your stories too. Suddenly, there was a personality transplant. Not that I became somebody else, but a lot of the rotten stuff was just power washed away. Like a, a horse pipe or a, a jet wash to, to the dirty drive or the dirty car. And suddenly the filth just kind of was blasted off as you lock eyes with Jesus. And this is why the angel says that it's good news and a great joy for all my people. Because the humanity no longer needs to live in darkness. No longer needs to try and be these amazing people or individuals who ultimately are going to jump, but they're going to fall short. But actually, I love that Christianity is about Jesus pursuing us. He comes to, to us and says, I am enough. So suddenly the lights came on. Death to life, dark to light, and then hopeless to hopeful. Are we getting the story? Emmanuel, God with us. We needed a saviour, somebody from outside of ourselves, somebody who was worthy, someone who was clean, who was whole, who was worth the sacrifice to stand in our place and say that I can cover all you've done and all you will do. Is that a great joy, church? That's a great joy. I am so thankful. I'm so thankful. And then because of that joy, we gather together and we gather and we worship and we profess that Jesus is Lord over our lives. We profess that what he's done is enough. We profess that what he has done is enough for this entire Tees Valley. This world, this beautiful tapestry of people doing their own thing. Although some of them don't know it and some of them still live in darkness and the light's not turned on yet. We profess and we proclaim, and as we do, we believe that God's kingdom expands. And that's why we gather and we worship. So as a church, we've been on this journey, really, of just gathering and worshipping. And as we gather, we go, and we go and live out our lives, and we go and live out our day-to-days and our workplaces. And then we gather to go, and we go together. And we try and bring people who are living in darkness to come and follow and and encounter Jesus, uh, who we know, and who we profess to be our saviour. So Christmas time is this beautiful moment to stop and reflect. To think, wow, God's present to humanity. I attended a wedding years ago, and I love this because I'm a cheapskate. And it said, we want your presence rather than your presence. 
And I was like, yes, that's the best get out clause ever. Yeah, amazing. But, uh, but actually, all joking aside, God, his present to humanity is his presence. And, and I love that. That God just gifts himself to us with a beautiful bow for us to unwrap. My question is today, have you began to unwrap the goodness that is Jesus Christ for your life, for your family, for the guys that you love, for your street, for your workplace? Have you began to explore what that means for everything you're about? God's present to humanity is his presence. What a joy. The babe in the manger who we stare at every December. And for some of us, the reality is we leave Jesus in the manger, don't we? Oh, that was a gorgeous Christmas service. That mulled wine was just spectacular. Those mince pies were on point. And I'll see you next Christmas. I was out yesterday with the team, and we've given out flyers. On each of your chairs is a Christmas flyer. I want to challenge you to give one of these to someone who you love or care about. Or as I keep saying, if you're a shy evangelist, just drop some in some letterboxes and run as fast as you can. Just wheel spin out of there if you need to, in your car. But just drop some through. It's amazing. But we were talking to some people, and some of these guys were like, Oh yeah, we know the church. We were there last Christmas. And I'm like, great, how's your year been? Yeah, yeah I've been really busy, you know, this kind of things have crept in, and you know, I kind of do, I hit church each Christmas and stuff. Isn't that so fascinating that people come to church at Christmas? Next week, you're going to be on your feet standing, because people are going to be crammed in here who we don't recognise. And they get this real longing, like a magnet, every Christmas, I need to get myself in church. So it's our opportunity to unpack the goodness again and you know, repeat this message of, guys, this is what we believe Jesus means for our lives. This is what he's done for us as a community. The stories in this room, the, the moments of prayer, the times of desperation and worship, the hurting and the joy and all of that mingled in. We gather and we say, Emmanuel, God, with us. This babe in the manger, I just want to throw some quick thoughts out. And really, this is just to get warmed up for next week. But isn't it interesting that billions of people on this planet Earth right now, right now as the world is spinning, as we're living and breathing, billions of people follow Jesus, know him as a, as a, a Lord and Savior, profess that he has done something in their lives, that they know him, that when they pray, things are answered. And when they, when they worship, there's a real sense of a tangible presence of, of God around them. Isn't that amazing? How it's not all over the BBC news. It's, I mean, it's just incredible, but how it kind of gets brushed under the carpets of, of society. But if you stand back and think about it, that's staggering. Three billion deluded people walking about this planet, knowing someone who's invisible. I mean, that's, that's amazing news. Wow. Testifying of his goodness, his lordship, that he's alive. That he is the king of kings. The Bible tells us that creation groans. That it groans because it says that if we didn't worship, that the rocks would cry out. If we didn't worship, the humanity would. That, that the world would, creation would. Because somebody needs to profess that Jesus is alive and kicking. That the tomb is empty. That he is on the move. Emmanuel, God with us. So have you received his presence into your heart yet? I love those little bumper stickers on the back of cars. The RSPCA used to uh, sport years ago. And it's genius because everyone knows the phrase, clever marketing. And it said this, a dog is for life, not just for... Isn't that genius? Every person in the UK knows that slogan. Genius. And, uh, but actually, Jesus Christ is for life, not just for Christmas. Isn't that interesting? But we come in and we, and we dip our toe in the water and we think, oh, Christmas, magical, amazing. 
But what does it mean for us? So good to see some new faces in church today. And uh, I think the last six months or so, we've just been really, uh, as we've been looking at the building and looking at where we're going, what we're about, the vision and values, uh, it's been incredible to see God bringing people. And we've been praying that, God, would you bring people who just are desperate for a move of you in Teesside? and beyond. Would you just gather people, if this place would be an incubator, that people can get hot, then we can gather. We've got this crazy idea we're kicking around at the moment. Wouldn't it be amazing every couple of years to release a church, to look at an old building somewhere and say, hey, here's 25 grand, 25 people, let's plant out so that lots of people get to hear and unwrap this, this, this God who is present to humanity. So I think it's an exciting time for us as a church. It's so exciting because because at the moment we're just in the in the almost the birthing pains. We're pushing through and we're beginning to kind of get a sense of where we're going and what we're doing. And it is wonderful to have you here today. Join us tonight as we pray, as we lean in, as we say, God, what are we doing? What what's your plan for the for the Tees Valley? God, would you move in us? Emmanuel, God with us. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for you? Over the last six, seven weeks, we've been looking at a series uh, called uh, Jesus Is. Is that right? I've hit it right. It was Jesus Is, wasn't it? Jesus Is, and then we, we invite people to speak into that uh, on kind of prayer points, on life points, decision points. And, and this has been real markers, I think, because isn't it interesting how in, in situations, it, it's, it's often harder to say, no, I need to trust you, Lord. That it's easy to stand here and say, you know, we, we trust Jesus, we go for it. But when things happen that are out of our control, it's, it's, it's in those moments, how do we react? So it's been wonderful to see just that sense of and hearing the, the stories of people reacting to God in such profound, fearful moments when it's been difficult. Finances, illness, career moves uh, from the south to the north, it's always the biggest prayer for some people. Lord, please do not send me I've heard it, a crazy stat. We've been leading churches for a few years, Joe and I, and you get to hear the same stats kicked around. You've got to check them out. Some of them are false. Here's one for you. People say this. In the Bible, it says, do not worry, uh, or 365 times. It's false. It doesn't say that at all. Christians made it up. It's because it, it preaches well. It's false. But here's another one that, uh, that we kick around. Is, um, is, it's that sense of, uh, I've lost where I was going. Where was I going with that? I've lost it. Lost the plot. But uh, I've lost it. Lord, would you move? It's time for the Holy Spirit to move. We're going to pray. But um, a real sense of the Lord moving. So, um, so I, wonder, I wonder who we can invite next week. I wonder what the Lord is doing. Is there someone, is there a neighbor? Is there, is there someone at work who we can say, do you know what, what are you doing next week? Is there a family that we know of and we say, look, it's Narnia themes. There's candy canes. There's fake mulled wine. It's going to be awesome. Get yourself there. Who can we begin to invite? We've got a stack of invites on the table over there. And I'm guessing we've got 10,000 invites in total. And, uh, and I think, I'm guessing we've probably got something like 800, 1,000 left, maybe. Can we get rid of them today? Can we pledge to take some for our street? Just post them and pray as we post. Maybe prayer walk on your road or avenue. Or cul-de-sac. God, would you bring light into this area? It's dead interesting. I like to watch people. Do you like to watch people? Sit in a coffee shop and just watch people walk by. That sense of just kind of gauging people. But as you're kind of walking at people's properties, as you push things through their doors, as you watch your fingers as the dogs try and bite them off, it becomes really interesting. We have got a risk assessment for this, I think, as well. But, um, but it's dead interesting because you begin to just wonder about what's going on behind the door. 
and it's quick. It's it's dead interesting how, how quickly you just you you put a picture together, whether it's the door looks a bit kind of damaged or old or refurbished or whether there's like some kind of lots of cars in the drives. It's just really interesting how you get, you form a picture of what's going on, and then sometimes you get a real sense of I feel a bit weird. It feels a bit weird, like, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on, so you just pray. And other times you get this real sense of, I feel really drawn to this house. It's, it's just wonderful how God just begins to speak and, and just, just kind of prompt you as you walk around. Can you grab a bunch for your street or your road? Can you prayer walk? And let's see what happens. I thought it would be interesting to, as we stop and reflect on Christmas, to have a real time of response. A real time of what's it mean for us. That re- a real time maybe to rediscover, to kind of blow some dust off the, the, the Jesus in the, in the manger. And, and be, again, be thankful for, for what God has done for us. I was so struck by the verse in, in Luke 2.11. And where the angel said, don't be afraid, I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all my people. And it was that great joy... And we've been kind of kicking this word around for a few weeks of, of joy. Let joy seep through in this church. As we worship, let there be a real freedom. Let there be a real joy. And, uh, and I'd love us as a church to be identified by joy. As people come in, people think, wow, like, these guys are just fired up and they're passionate about something. So I wonder for a time if we can just rediscover, if we can just quiet our hearts, if we can perhaps just say, God, I'm so thankful for X, Y, and Z in my life. I'm so thankful for what you've done this year in X, Y, and Z. Perhaps it's been a really tricky year. Perhaps the obstacles this year have been nuts. Perhaps you're in church thinking, 2018, please be here right now. Perhaps it's been a great year of family, of just feeling content. Perhaps there's been promotions in the room, different jobs, and perhaps meeting the right person or running away from, from the wrong person. But that, that brings some joy sometimes, doesn't it? it? You know, just that sense of what the Lord's been doing. But it's so easy to say, God, I just want to pray for this, this, and this. But actually, sometimes it's hard to say, God, I want to stop and thank you. And as we give thanks, the Bible says that's worship. And as we worship God's presence, he hangs around. I don't know about you, but I want God's presence here today. So God, as we just think for a moment, as we see a list of all the things that we need to be doing, all of the prayers that are not yet answered, or the, the scenarios or issues or circumstances that we would just love addressing, God, sometimes it's so easy to be lost in those moments. And so, Lord, we want to just stop for a few seconds and count ourselves alive. Count ourselves joy-filled. Count ourselves people who are just living in the light. We're so grateful, first and foremost, that you sent Jesus. That innocent babe in the manger who came and brought peace to humanity. Who crushed sin's curse and set us free. Jesus, we're sorry that that becomes mundane, that that becomes normal in our minds. We're so grateful. 
God, we thank you for each person in this room. We thank you for your church across the Tees Valley. God, we thank you that you're always at work. That you're a good God. And God, we thank you for the prayers answered in this church this year. The things that we've leaned in for, whether health, finance, jobs, anxieties, worries, deaths, marriages. God, we thank you so much for all of those things that we've seen happen. And God, we worship you. We worship you. And God, equally as we say thank you, we recognize that there's stuff going on, that there's things that we carry. There are huge concerns. God, there are health niggles. God, the financial troubles. God, that there's all sorts, relational bits. And God, we thank you that you've got the power. You've got the power to give us hope. That you coming to humanity means we have hope. So God, would worship, would joy, would hope rise in this church as your people worship you. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. I want to give an invitation. We're going to do this uh, every week. But an invitation for those who, um, it's really bold and and bulky, but for those who perhaps it's Christmas time and they're venturing into church and they're being dragged here uh, and maybe uh, just come for the first time in a long time or thought they checked church out and you haven't ever said, Jesus, I want to know you. Jesus, I've, I've been in church, I've heard about you, or, or perhaps you're here today and you know nothing about Jesus and what this means, and this is the first you've heard, and you want to know more. If you want to respond to Jesus and say, do you know what, actually, I want to, I want to do business with God, I want to be right, I want to be in the right place, I want to go into 2018 knowing that, that, that I'm unwrapping the presence of God, that he's all over my life, we would love to talk to you. Please come and grab what, myself or someone in the, in the team, on the band, uh, afterwards, we would love to pray and talk with you. Equally as well, if you're kind of just discovering Christianity and got some questions, we would love to speak to you as well. Next year we've got some courses going on uh, where people with questions, and, and, and it could be any question, anything, um, can come and just begin to lean in and think, right, what's this about? And begin to check us out. So please do speak to us before you leave. Uh, are we okay to, uh, to stand uh, for a moment?